Mace in the box for Davinia. Davinia strikes! Welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. I am Andre Carlisle, and I am here, as always, with Courtney Stiff. Courtney, how are you? Hello. I'm, uh, <laughs> I actually did not mean to do that, but here we are. Um, for one, well, I'm not not tired, but I'm less tired, because last night I slept from uh, <laughs> 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Did not move, did not wake up. Um, so Quality sleep I, is so important. <laughs> <laughs> literally i got in my bed and i was like i'm going to bed immediately i don't want to talk to anyone and i just went to sleep <laughs> I, and i slept horde so i Andre, how are you? um i'm all right i'm a little exhausted um the day job is a lot at the moment um we are in hardcore conference mode so life has been intense but um you know it's all good here we're ready. We're going to talk about a lot of things. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I think it's going to be fine. Hopefully it's fine. Look, I said we might be loopy this episode and it might it might happen. Yes. I, well, there will be. There is a 100% guaranteed chance of loopiness, especially on my part. So, you know, and also you started off a little loopy. So, you know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you started it. So it's fine. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just open your mouth to speak and you're like, ah, I'm surprised. <laughs> That was me starting this podcast episode. It's all good. Uh, There will probably be plenty of those moments, but appreciate y'all being here uh, for listening to us. Thank you. We are always, as always, we always start off with, man, I said always like four times in a row. Anyway, we start off with a review. This was a nice review. I appreciated it from Evelyn Sarah. Shout out to you, uh, Evelyn Sarah 225. This was a very wholesome review. Thank you so much. It is, and I quote, Fave also podcast, so refreshing and funny, with great takes on the women's game from, from club and country. Huge fan. Evelyn, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Look, we love a good review. Thank I can't you. believe we're your favorite. That's always baffling to me. But <laughs> It is a little wild. But, 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 thank you so much. And also, please, y'all, you know, dad jokes, um... What else, what what else, what other things are we asking people to say? Oh, never mind. I don't, I shouldn't ask that question because y'all just dad joke. You know, oh, na- nicknames for Andre, <laughs> uh, middle names for Andre. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all go y'all go a little ridiculous when I'm not paying attention to the timeline. Um, but <laughs> I know yeah. anytime anytime you're not on Twitter all day, I'm just like, how can I create maximum chaos for Andre? It's like y'all just know, noticing. like y'all y'all just wait for me to have like an absent on Twitter day, and y'all just get get up to stuff. So yeah. Um, but anyway, please uh, review the podcast. Give us five stars. Drop a little review. It's great. It helps the podcast grow. Y'all know how it is. If you listen to podcasts, you probably hear people beg you to do that all the time. So I'm not going to waste your time. Just, um, you know, please do the same for us. We really appreciate it. And thank you. So today we are going to talk about the NWSL kind of broadly. We're going to talk about Chelsea and the Champions League. Y'all know we were going to have to do it. Uh, we're going to talk about Svendis and Raffaele because I think, uh, you know, some goals happened in the Champions League and we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Lynn Williams being her, Yasmeen Ryan being her. We're going to talk about a number of things, undefeated NWSL teams, all of that. Courtney, did I forget anything? Slash, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> That's an inside joke for the podcast. <laughs> Okay, so let's start off talking about the undefeated teams because I think it's kind of interesting to see where we're at already in the season. So one is very not surprising, I would say. That's uh, Portland. The Thorns have looked very thorny. Um, <laughs> they've looked like a dominant team. Three wins, one draw. The one draw was to Houston, who is also undefeated. Their undefeated is a little different because they have one win and three draws, no losses. That's also a little interesting. But if you look at it, the Spirit are also, surprisingly, undefeated. Two wins, two draws. Very interesting. So uh, In the league. In the, Correct. In the league. Sorry. Yes. Gotham did beat them. <laughs> sorry. Look, it was yeah. a one game without a rain delay. <laughs> <It's> currently <laughs> right. memorable for me. 
Facts, facts. I understand. So, Courtney, is there anything about like these undefeated teams that like are you seeing any themes? Is there anything about any particular team that you think is interesting? How long you think they're gonna stay undefeated? All of that stuff. Like, what what do you got? Yeah, I think um, I'm a little. I'm. It's like I'm simultaneously surprised and not surprised about Houston being undefeated um just because also experiencing like uh what juan carlos amaros has done so far for gotham i you know was a bit surprised about um the shakeups but also we know that sam lady um is very good things have been said about him as a coach so it's like i'm surprised and not surprised um i am surprised about portland being undefeated only because they're now hitting their third coach in three seasons and not saying that they don't have quality players and they also now have a fully fit crystal Dunn, which just makes a huge difference anyway shout out to that dummy that she had for christine sinclair's goal um but i think it, it's just like there's so much noise around the thorns that i thought you know especially with a yet again another coach like that they're it would maybe reflect a little bit on the field are you surprised about any of these teams <laughs> yeah i sure am <laughs> Um, who are you surprised about i'm very surprised that the spirit have not been beaten yet um i i thought it was going to take a little bit of time and clearly like things are not on the in possession things are not as smooth as i think you would want them to be but defensively i mean we're talking about starting a forward at center back and even though i think like looking at the way she plays and the way her game kind of like molded to that transition. I'm talking about Tara McKeown. If y'all don't, don't, don't know. Um, she used to take, she was a forward basically her entire career. And then all of a sudden the spirit at the end of last season, were like, you know what? You kind of <laughs> seem kind of center backy. How about that? And she was like, mm, we okay. So, yeah. So, so she'd been doing that this season and been good. Like, there have been like some tiny mistakes like here and there as well. So like it hasn't been seamless, but I think she's won a lot of her aerial duels. She's very good in the air. She's strong. She's been moving people out of the way. Like I'm, I've been surprised. Uh, and the way that like the team is defended kind of as a unit has been surprising to me. Um, so I did not anticipate this happening uh, with the spirit, with them being still undefeated. It's two wins and two draws, so it's not like they're like absolutely killing it out there. Um, and I still would like to see a lot more chance creation from a team that has Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Rodman on it. Um, that's, you know, shout out to Blackco. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear what he said? What he said that? Uh, no, wait, what did he say? Man said he wanted to see, but he, 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 he likes the idea of how Sanchez and Rodman connect but he doesn't think they do it well with the spirit and wants to see them work on it. And everybody who watches and covers the spirit was like, oh, bro, what? What? <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Maybe that was one of his jokes that you needed to be there in person for. Uh, I'm Maybe, maybe. But it was, <laughs> it was really funny. And I actually said something to Sanchez after the game. And she just was like, and I told her, like, we all were like, what? And she just laughed. So, like, I, I think it may have been a joke. But, yeah, it was also a little weird uh to, to just come out and say but anyway yeah they wait sorry i have a question for you for andre though uh yeah, yeah. why do you think because i can't lie i was a bit surprised that they i mean obviously i know that they need center back depth but i'm surprised i was surprised that mckeon is starting over amber brooks are you surprised by that i was definitely surprised watching her play i'm not surprised um but yeah i, I absolutely was surprised i thought they would i thought they would slowly transition McKeown into that role throughout mm -hmm. the season. I thought Amber Books would absolutely start the season as next to Sam Staub. I thought by the time you got to like maybe, you know, a quarter into the season, close to a half way into the season, you start seeing her. I thought like Challenge Cup, she was kind of probably get some starts, you know, yeah. see how she does and all of that. Like I, I really thought this was going to be like a slow thing and she was in the starting lineup next to sam staub like opening day and that has been like the case except for the challenge cup game when he started amber brooks instead so like yeah that's because that's what i was surprised about um when i saw it i was like what and then i was like uh gotham's in a rain delay um <laughs> and then i was a reporter for the people um but yeah i was 
yeah, I was just like very surprised about that. But I mean, look, if it works, it works. And right now it's 100% working. Yeah. Um, also shout out to, uh, I believe his name is Savannah. Is that how you pronounce it? Coleman? Oh, yeah. Savannah Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, she's a baller. She is a baller. <laughs> she has a really good feet. She is a baller. I watched her play against Gotham and I was like, yo, yo, she's a baller. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for her first goal. I think it's going to happen soon because she's, she, all the other thing is she from the school will always be shooting. Like I'm here for it. She doesn't have that many minutes, uh, especially in the regular season, but she's got, uh, it's not a ton of shots, but she's like the spirit are in a phase right now where they're not generating a lot of chances. So everybody's shot numbers are pretty down, but mm-hmm. hers are like right among, like, if you look at it, I believe she's got like, you're not too far away from like Sanchez and Rodman, which is hilarious because I'm like, you do not play nineties yet. So <laughs> she just be shooting and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah she's like she's i mean look she's really good i was like and the fact that she was drafted 37th overall i was like that feels like a steal from the spirit yeah they got scared I, I, a lot of teams i'm sure were scared of the injuries and i rightfully so there have been two really really big injuries in her career um as a young player and in college so mm-hmm. i get it but i mean if you just hired don scott i think you can take a risk like that and be like i hey, was like Don. But Don oh, Scott saves everyone. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that pays off. But uh, honestly, you know, I'm also very very surprised by the Dash being undefeated, and not for the fact that they're undefeated. I'm surprised at the kind of undefeated it is. Only one win. I thought with that attack, and I know mm-hmm. they're like working in new a new system, new coach, all that stuff. But I thought like, and this is where I'm going to get upset about about Houston a little bit because. I think I think Lacey's playing that their their front, I guess three is what I would call it, but whatever. I, I basically I think he's using Ordonez and Salmon wrong. I think he's using Ordonez pretty correctly, but Salmon is too wide. She needs to be more central. And I know that like four four two sometimes is the jam. It's kind of old school and people kind of like know how to play against it. But I think mm-hmm. when you have two attackers that are so varied in their approach as Ordonez and salmon if you get them linking together that's a problem especially centrally for a defense so i want to see more of that i think salmon's way too far away and they haven't connected there was i think there was one game where they switched and did it they were either in a 4-4-2 or they were in a 3-5-2 and it was like they went on a counter that was just dope i think ordonez hit a header wide to to um, to salmon who ran behind the line she passed it back to ordonez the defense was just like moving all over the place they didn't end up scoring from it but mm-hmm. i'm like they can create that moment almost anytime one of them connects with the ball centrally and you just like you don't know the defense isn't going to know what to do and ordonez can shoot from wide or she can fake a shot she can she's also a very accomplished passer as well like she's good like i just want to see those two with maria sanchez wide like, I want to see that. And I don't think we've seen that yet. And I'm a little frustrated about it. And I do feel like the Dash have probably have won more of the games than they that they have drawn. So the 1-3-0 is what surprises me, not the fact that they're undefeated. Yeah, the... Well, so, I mean, and to be fair, it's like a grain of salt of, like, Google. Because Google says they do set up in a 3-4-3, three, three, actually. Which I was like, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I like, oh, this feels kind of funny. Um, but yeah, 100% does like it's not, I don't want to say it's a conundrum, but yeah, it's like you're completely right. Like, Houston should really sit in like a traditional 4 4 2 because Ordonez is a player that, while it does sometimes, she like does like, very occasionally sometimes like drift out wide a little bit to maybe help create. Like, she's mostly a central player, and so is Sam. I mean, we we see Ebony, we've watched Ebony Salmon and she's so electric also in the center. So it's like, you got to find a way to have like, have those two players connect well. Yeah. And I feel like it's the, it's old school. And I feel like Sam late, he's like a coach, like a, like what respect and I have an appreciation for the old school. You know what it is? It's a tall and small. 
You know, <laughs> which you, the yeah, the tall and small. You got you got Ordonez, who's close to six feet tall. It's not like you know, Salmon is tiny, but I think she's what five four and really quick. So like, yeah, I just work like use it, use it, you know, use her the headers to knock it on. Let let Salmon run onto the ball. Let her pick out Ordonez in the box or or go for goal herself. Like you got, and you have Sanchez out wide. Like Sanchez, my bad, but like, like you've got one of the best players. So yeah. I, I just want to see a bit more and you kind of looking at what like their best, I think their best performance was, well, they had a great game against Chicago. Um, and I think they also stunned Portland a little bit. They hung with Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Portland even scored early in that game. That was Crystal Dunn's goal in the ninth minute. Yeah. And so like hanging with Portland, not let, I mean, Portland had a lot of shots. They just didn't have a lot of shots on target. So like I give them props for that one. Like that's a good draw, but I think, you know, the Spirit game, of course, they were pretty well stymied by the Spirit. And as much as I talked them up defensively, I still think you've got enough attacking talent to not have that be an issue. And then they started the season, I believe, what was it, nil-nil with uh, with Rossing. And I just don't think, like, you know, a new system and all of that. But to me, you just let those players cook and they can get you a goal against pretty much anybody. And we just haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, the NWSL sometimes is like so surprising where it's like new coach, it's either like really going to work well or it's like, nah. and I feel like for a few teams, it's like we are 100% expecting more, but they're not, they're not living up to expectations yet. But also technically these teams have only played five games and one of them was a challenge cup with a lot of rotation. Yeah, that yeah, that's fair. And I think that's a good, like good context for everything because like, even though I'm like, I sound like I'm real frustrated about them. Like they got time to figure it out. I just like, I want to see it more. And to be fair, like watching them play against the spirit, I think they probably set up in like three or four different positions, which on one can be like very confusing to players, but also perhaps he's trying to find like the right combination. And, you know, if that's the case and they, and they stumble on like what they need with, with, you know, Ordonez and Salmon being closer together, I think that's that's ultimately what they're gonna have to figure out um, how to defend from that, how to make sure they you know generate chances from that formation as opposed to the pressing, and then everybody's kind of pulled in different directions and having to get back into uh, those kind of uh, spaces. So yeah, it's it's definitely a work in progress, but you know we got to start I, chanting four four two at Houston. I know, right? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they could do it. They could do it, and it'd be nasty. It'd be fun. I mean, honestly, you could even do. You know the box, the four two two two. If you really wanted to, and, and get silly with it, but you know, I. However, they do it. It need to be. It needs to. Well, I don't even know if you want to do a box though, because you really I, want I Sanchez like, out wide. Yeah, so, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, ooh, a diamond, and I was like, no, you just don't want her. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, a diamond could work, but that still might put Ardonias and Salmon a bit too far apart if they're split. So I don't yeah, know. and diamonds nor- normally for four four two diamonds, you get your width from your wing or like your um, yeah, your, your outside backs. Currently, the spirits problem. <laughs> <laughs> the four four two diamond is working defensively, but in attack, they don't know what they're doing just yet, and uh, it shows. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on because we got a couple other things to talk about. Let's talk about you know what? Before we get to the good stuff, let's just go ahead and get Casey out of the way. And we're not really even going to focus on, I mean, we, you might, but but focus on their performances, um, even though they had a good win uh, this past weekend. Um, the dismissal of, of, of Matt Potter. I think the question was, it was the framing, like the phrasing around it was weird. The timing around it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. We know that they've been starting, like they've had a lot of injuries in defense, which is the one place they couldn't have injuries. They also did not have basically any of their free agents. Dabinia missed, you know, the start of the season. Gautreaux, I don't think it's played for them yet. Di Bernardo just started playing a couple games ago. So, like, it's been slow integrating the players that they need. I think Hannah Glass has not played at all as well. She's recovering from an injury. So, like, there were excuses. But I think more so not the fact that they moved on from the coach, but the way it was done was kind of – that plus a lot of the other things that we've heard about things happening around the current was kind of like red flaggy to me. What about you? Yeah, I think it was the way they went about it. Cause at, like, so what the current started Owen three, I want to say they lost the first three games of the season. That feels about right. Um, and, and so it's like from a 
from like let's say a results perspective knowing how many injuries they've had like Andre I don't know if you saw this week their availability report they had literally had 10 players on it like at a goalie and you got to start an 11 of injuries of like players um and so it's like I don't know if you just like look at it purely from a sporting perspective it like you know for example felt harsh to fire a coach four games in when it's like you've had all these injuries but I think in the NWSL when so much of like of NWSL history is um how do I phrase this so much of NWSL history let's say like the truth rarely if ever comes out or the truth comes out after a massive investigation where the there's you know all of this reporting and then you know bits of the truth come out Potter was with the team in I believe they played Houston right that yeah I think yeah it was before the Houston game yeah, and he was like in Houston and ha- and like held a training session the day before. Um, it just like raises, it just like raises a lot of eyebrows. I'll say when it like when something like that happens. Um, so yeah, I think the way they went about it, and it was like you got fired, and then you had to wait a few days for media availability, and that's when the GM said it had nothing to do um, with what. Makaya Minnis and her mom like came forward on Twitter about it there was just like it was just it created like it created a lot of controversy when it potentially did not need to for example like if they were like said he was like oh had media availability relatively soon after like you know for example if he didn't travel with the team and have a training session like the literal day before um and also one thing that was confusing to me Andre I don't know if you saw this in after Casey's game when they um when the players were talk like where had those post-game press conferences is that the players had no say in his firing which yes I understand like the players don't necessarily have a say in anything but it's also like if there was let's say how do I phrase this if there was like if there were let's say more suspect things happening behind the scenes that you would think that the players like would have a say in it. So yeah, it was just like confusing all around. Yeah. I think that was, that was part of my concern. Well, one, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there were plenty of reasons to like be patient because Kansas city had the exact same thing last season. They started off slow. I don't think they had a win in their first four games they all of a sudden, you know, go on like a 13 match winning streak and everything like comes together and then they find themselves in the championship game. There was really nothing that was super unique except for the fact that there were a lot of injuries and you could excuse away basically every single loss that they had because also the players that they were really going to heavily rely on this season were not playing for the team just yet. And they, I mean, they've had a, a rookie that they just signed, Gabrielle Soto, you know, shout out Diaspora uh has been playing i think she started the past what two games for them as well so like she's just got to that team and already thrown into that position and she's doing well like i think she had a very good game last game but all this stuff is just like there there's reasons to there are reasons for patience so that's one part of it which again organizationally (laughs) as i've said before at the top of this podcast we are chelsea supporters so we understand not being patient with a manager. So on one hand, you can do on the men's side. On the men's side. <laughs> yeah, on the men's side. On one hand, you can do that. And okay, fine. As an organization, you can do that. The thing that got me was that in the statement um, about his firing, the GM, Camille Ashton, said that they keep a pulse on the locker room. And that threw in the hint like, oh, did something happen in the locker room? Did he lose the locker room? Did he do something? You know, this this league has had no shortage of scandal over the past since its inception. So obviously there's a lot of mechanisms in place to root that stuff out and quickly. So the question was like, was a policy broken? Was something was some trust broken? Was Did something happen? You know, you mentioned the locker room and taking the pulse of it, and it brings up a lot of questions given the the league's history. And then you hear afterwards, Lola Bonson, and I believe it was CC Kaiser, were like, no, we have no idea. We didn't, he didn't do it. Like, we, he was fine. He didn't do anything to us. Like, we don't really know why he doesn't have a job. So one, you leave it to the players to answer questions first, 
Like they're the first ones in front of microphones, which means you didn't have to make the move. As you said, he was still in Houston. He could have coached the Houston game, done that, and then you remove him, and then you have a press conference. You could have done that. Uh, so that you like front office, somebody from the front office was the first one to speak about it as opposed to the players post game. I don't think that's fair to do to them. And I also asked her about that and she did not have a great answer for like why she did it that way. It was very much like this is a decision we decided to make and the direction we went in, like just gave a bunch of that kind of speak to pretty much every question that was asked. And I also asked like who was involved in making this decision? Cause I think you brought up a good point where, the players were not really consulted on this. It was just like, I'm making the decision because I'm making the decision. She says she has an ownership support, which I would assume she does. I don't think you can just fire a coach without the owners being like, okay, we got it. But I still think it's it, it feels more unilateral um, that she kind of was been, been been making the case and finally got the approval and then just rushed and did it. And without thinking much about the human element, which kind of tracks with you bringing up Makaya Menace, kind of tracks with other players who mentioned that they had similar experiences with that GM and in Kansas City. So clearly there's something going on there. I It doesn't sound like the league needs to investigate the Potter situation. That seems to be results oriented, at least as far as the information we have now. But there are a few stories right now about how the GM at Kansas City rolls that might require them to ask some questions, do some digging, because the people part of her job is not going well, to put it mildly. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so yeah, it's like questionable. Um, and yeah, also I do want, the last thing I want to mention about the injuries thing is um, I feel like obviously like sometimes bad luck comes into play, but Andre, do you remember when, I believe the name is Daniel Sperry, is his name who covers sporting Casey and also the current tweeted a photo from their training facility. Yeah. And did you see the grass? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, babes, I played on better grass at Brookdale park growing up. (laughs) Like it's, I don't know. It's just like super surprising to me when I feel like the thing that attracted so many of these players to Casey is like, they're like, we love the sporting product that they're building. And, you know, the the new stadium and like they're, you know, putting all this money in the club and the training facilities and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, but did you see that grass? <laughs> so that grass I, I'll say that, and I haven't been to that field, so I don't know firsthand, but I do know another, po- another photo was posted where it was like, it was kind of like a ground level photo. Mm-hmm. And when you're like, when the photo is kind of higher up, it looks like dirt. The brown looks like dirt, but it's not. It's actually grass, but it's browned grass. And so it's still crunchy. It's still not like, you know, the slick grass that you really want to play on, but it's not dirt. And for a second, I thought it was dirt. And I was like, they these players cannot be out here training on dirt. So it's not that bad. It's still not great, but it's not as bad as it looked in the first photo. But I'm still with you. Like you spend all that money. Let's get a real field that has like green grass. Yeah, because I'm well, the thing about I don't remember if you remember it's like <laughs> growing up, uh, when it's or like going into the south when it's the summer and that grass is brown and it's just like you're not playing on dirt, but you're playing on something that's like an inch above dirt. <laughs> like it's not, it's also, it's yeah, it's not ideal regardless. Um, yeah, I know I said I was gonna talk about Casey's results, but maybe we can wait till next week. Um, we can maybe do a bigger deep dive on them especially now that Dabini is back and hopefully they won't have 11 player or 10 sorry <laughs> 10 like yeah they won't have 10 players um out in the availability report yeah which is also kind of insane given the NWSL rosters are only allowed for a max of 26 yeah. players they had to sign I guess they had to sign some injury replacement players because like just yikes yeah yeah it's been it's been yikesy from a injury standpoint over there but they're getting slightly healthier and Dabinia is scoring. So that's the thing. Dabinia scores goals. It's what she does. She's very good at it. And we love watching Dabinia score goals. Got her first goal at Children's Mercy Park uh, over the weekend, which was really dope. Um, Just the little moves she makes in the box are just, I mean, it's wild. You just like some of that stuff you just can't teach. Like some, some stuff is like, you know, technique, you know, those kind of things. And it's, and it's dope. 
but some stuff is just instinctual and she just has a lot of the instinctual things the way she just kind of like got a slight touch on the ball to just have it bobble like right over the defender and then set herself up perfectly and it was just oh no like, that that was a nutmeg yeah it was yes not a mean, double nutmeg for that goal she's nasty. <laughs> i watched it like three times being <laughs> like did i because there was another double nutmeg from this weekend and i was like <laughs> Did I spy a devil nutmeg? And then, of course, I watched, I rewatched it about 40 times to be like, oh, yeah, that's a nutmeg. <laughs> like, Filthy. in the most obedient way. <laughs> Filthy. Um, you know what? Now it's time. I know I've, I've, I've kept you waiting for way too long. So now I am going to turn my mic off because it is, it is time for Courtney Stiff to talk about Gotham FC, the great Lynn Williams, and the great Yasmeen Ryan. Reverend um, Courtney Stith, please step to the podium. <laughs> Not Reverend. Um, first of all, <laughs> Gotham's greatest. Gotham needs. They don't need to sage Red Bull, but they need to sage the clouds above Red Bull. <laughs> Facts. I've now been to two Gotham games hit by rain delays. The first one was unfortunate, but it was kind of funny because it was a home opener, and myself and Nubia was there, and I was just like walking around with the people, <laughs> um, and. The people were trying to ask me for weather reports and it was like whatever this time was rough because a i did not drive my car so i had to rely on public transit because it was earth day and i was like gonna be earth conscious but also got a really good spot in front of my building because i had to work the next day um and so i was just like bro not another rain delay um so yes the rain delays happened but unlike last time gotham came out with the win and it's been so fun it's been actually so fun watching this gotham team they've just like we know that last season was bad (laughs) like that's not a hot take to say that gotham was not good last season um but it's just been like i don't want to say it's a total 180 because obviously we're only you know four league games into this season one challenge cup game under their belt but it's just like watching them play is it's just it's almost like not night and day but it's just like such a change and one thing that i remember um talking with ifiana manu about friend of the pod is that and what she said Casual about coaching staff, drop, i love it oh <laughs> uh, well one thing that she said about working with you know coach amoros and his staff is that you know besides the fact they're doing all these tape sessions they come up with all these you know game plans and things like that and the thing that really stuck out to me is she was like we're just allowed to execute and i feel like that's really really starting to show where last season, I think there were a lot of times where they were asked to problem solve during the game. Um, and it ended up, you know, causing like, like what every performance wasn't necessarily smooth, but also every performance wasn't necessarily like a complete performance because the, you know, the players were trying to problem solve and needing to regroup and things like that. So I don't know, this new Gotham team is just, <laughs> they're like, honestly really fun to watch i think the additions that they made in the postseason like lynn williams has been absolutely electric and it's funny because even in her even in her performances where you wouldn't say yeah i'm not gonna say that like lynn was you know having like her let's say her greatest performance ever having a player that is formerly an nwsl mvp and show and like does the things when it really matters like when it's well I think Gotham scored that goal in like the 82nd minute or something like that um you know that's gonna win you games uh when you have a player like Lynn Williams um who can just come alive in a like a split moment on second which is why you always have her on the field where even if she's not having her best day but it's still good it's just like you know not necessarily let's say like not making people and making keepers create many mistakes still comes up in the big moments to get those wins um and i think that's it's so much of what gotham needed last season like obviously they were struck by at times a lot of misfortune like i keep thinking going back to that ifiana manu goal that did not count um when it was like gotham needed that goal so badly and it did not count um and now this season like you have players like Lynn who step up, but also players like you know, Yasmin Ryan is so good. She is an absolute firecracker. She's literally so good. It's insane. Um, like watching the work she puts in on the ball. It, it, and it's funny because it's like, I feel like I'm singling out these two players who have been so good. Like Lynn Williams, obviously, is her. Like even in her moments where it's like, oh yeah, like I 
you know, let's say in the commentary booth, they really haven't been bringing up Lynn a lot in this game. She hasn't really been on the ball, still converts when it matters. But I also feel like, like as a unit, <laughs> Gotham is just like playing so much better, but, and they're playing good soccer. Like it was actually funny sitting, watching the NCC game because I thought it was, I was like, this is just like really good footy, like from both teams. Like there were times where, you know, North Carolina was getting on the ball and pulling screen strings. And I thought, Gotham was defending really, really well and like forcing them into certain chances. Um, Abby Smith had an insane double save that I like still don't really know how it happened. Um, but it's just like from really from back to front, like Gotham is just like <laughs> playing like they're playing well. And I know that's like to put it in simple terms, but it's like Lynn has been like Lynn has been so good. Yasmin Ryan, like she why did Portland let her go? Like I know if we just talked about Portland being undefeated, but like the quality that Yasmin Ryan brings on the wing, but also if she wants to play cut in and play centrally and pull strings and like, you know, like gritty, always fighting, never giving up. Like they're just like, <laughs> Yasmin Ryan is so good. Um, and they're just like across the board, they're playing well. And maybe this is a hot take, but it's like, I feel like the, even the recent games I've seen of Gotham, even when they lost to OL Reign, it was like, to me, those performances are still miles better than what we even saw in like 2021 in their run to the playoffs, <laughs> where it wasn't like where we were, for example, I think like during that run, we were always talking about the Gotham force field. And like, for example, people coming, maybe playing Gotham and like not putting away their chances, where I feel like now it's like Gotham aren't really giving these teams that many chances. And on the flip side, Gotham I mean, I will say they definitely need to work on converting the chances that they're creating, but they are, you know, like scoring goals and finding a way to eke out wins. Like I think Gotham off the top of my head, I don't think Gotham has yet had a, um, had like a multi-goal margin win, but I mean, at the end of the day, you're still going and getting those three points, but yeah, I just think Gotham top to bottom has been playing really well. Like, and just the additions of Yasmin Ryan and Lynn Williams, um, have been great. And, and also getting players back like Ali Long, who I kind of forgot is at times can be like a little maestro in the midfield. Um, yeah. I mean, she's like, it's like That's funny. It's like all of, all of Gotham is just like playing so well. Um, and it's like a lot of, it's a lot of fun to watch, honestly. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I'll co-sign the Yasmin Ryan love. I'll co-sign, you know, the way the team is playing, the cohesion, the Ethiana Manu, everything she said. But you know what I'm a you know what I'm a yell about. Wait, can I quickly yell about oh, oh, one thing? Really? I'm so sorry. I gotta give a shout to Ellie Jean. Okay, yeah, Ellie Jean do. stepping in at center back. We were surprised when it happened, but she the last few games she has been so good. Like truly so good for a player who spent the entire last season outside back. So sorry. Now you can start. <laughs> take the floor reverend but i just had, i had to give a shout to ellie jean because i don't think she's been getting the love that she deserves and i know it's been two games but like she is like she literally stepped into that center back role and it was like oh yeah i got it and it was like yeah you got it yeah no that that's fair actually i remember seeing on the on the timeline i think it may have been in the slack where people were like yo ellie jean and i was like good i'm glad like somebody now say it on the timeline <laughs> but, but yeah i think uh i agree with you i think i said I it think, on the timeline yeah, yeah, I think I think Ellie Jean's been been very good, and hopefully that continues. But okay, <clears throat> pardon me. I'll get back to building up where I was. And in fact, I ain't even gonna build up this time. I'm just gonna say Lynn Motherfucking Williams. That's what I got to say because we have talked about Lynn Williams on this podcast for basically ever since the podcast started, and it has always been wild to me that people forget how good Lynn Williams is. And it's always been because people choose to focus on some of the chances that are missed, as opposed to the fact that this player consistently gets into those positions way more frequently than any other attacker in the league. Maybe bar like Dabinia. But when you're looking at, I mean, she just scored her 60th goal, regular season goal. That tied Christine Sinclair. Okay. Christine Sinclair has the most international goals of all time ever, men's or women's game. So like, that's the most prolific goal scorer internationally and one of the best that we've seen in the NWSL. Lynn is right there with her. And Lynn just turned, what, 30? Just came off a massive injury and is still balling? Like, I just, it's almost like, what more does she need to do? 
like legitimately tell her because I get you, I I guarantee you she'll do it because Lynn is just that damn good. And it's just been so fun for me to like watch her remind people. And it's it's interesting. I, I always I'm fascinated by athlete brain because I wonder if like Lynn will maybe never say this out loud, but I am wondering if there is well, she did say there's a chip. She did say there's a chip. She didn't like the way that the trade went with with Casey, which actually add that to the Casey conversation. We did not bring it up earlier. Um, so add that to, to that situation. But I think that's been that's been a thing. And I think Lynn is doubly extra motivated. But also it's funny, too, because like this has always been Lynn Williams. She's a former MVP. She's a former Golden Boot winner. Like she does this. She's one of the most difficult players to mark in the league because what do you do? Yeah, she's fast, but that ain't all she is. Like there's a lot of fast players in this league that do not have the consistency of Lynn Williams. And that's right. I said consistency for the people who think that Lynn is not a consistent goal scorer. She is. Check Ooh. the numbers. <laughs> Please check the numbers. So like, yeah, I'm I'm super happy for her. Uh, even if her like broke elbow. <laughs> which is... It's not even broken anymore. She played without, um, she played with, uh, without a brace. She has, but I just think it's funny how she, ha- I mean, the whole just like, just wrap it up, I'm fine. I just need my feet thing <laughs> yo, was just yo, like so oh, gangster. Bro. And then, <laughs> you talk about that US like, women's national team mentality. That's but, mentality. Wrap right? up my elbow, I can still run. Right? And then, and then, so she has that. And then a couple of games, like she's playing with it. You know how like, it, like just the arm angle that, that it was at? And she couldn't really bend it was just weird. So like some of the still shots of her during the game just look extra awkward because her arm is bent at a weird angle. And I'm just like, how you got like half mummy arm? Let's like, just like in this weird position. And she's still fast, still doesn't matter. She'll still run right by you, even though she can't fully like use that arm to like, you know, most people use both arms, like this little arm pumping motion to like run. No, she just got her arm just in a cast, just swinging. And she's still running by people and dribbling by people. Just like whatever is going on with Lynn is just like, it's just so much fun to watch her. Like the the league sorely missed her when she was injured. And I think now that she's not injured and back, just, I mean, like she never left. And that's incredible. It really is. It's, it's not, it's like she never left. Like, she's so good. Like, <laughs> it's like Casey, how'd you fumble the bag so hard? <laughs> like... How'd you fumble the back so hard? Like, do you, you see what Lynn... And this is the thing about Lynn, too. She's been like this every season. Yes, this is not new. <laughs> this is the wild thing. This is not new, but people act like it's new. Or people forgot that this is what Lynn Williams does. And it's just like, no, this is just Lynn Williams. It's it's what she does. She's her. She's her. And Yasmin Ryan... Look, there are a lot of Gotham players who get the moment I'd be like, she's her. Um, But Lynn Williams is her. And honestly, I'm... I mean, especially with the trade, you know, I, I'm very happy. I'm very happy for her. Um, and I will also say generally the, the vibes around Gotham are good right now. They are. They look like like it. Yeah. What three games on the win. They all seem very happy. Um, and so, yeah, the the vibes of Gotham are good right now. Also, I want to give a shout out for Bruninha who literally tricks the, she does the same thing and people fall for it every single time. It is so <laughs> funny to watch in person. And I can tell, I can literally break down what she does. She's on the ball and she like goes forward a little bit and then she stops trying to figure out what she wants to do. <laughs> it's like cat. It's like literally like someone playing with their food and she stops and then she <laughs> turns to go backwards towards Gotham goal and then literally just does a little pullback and gets fully around the defender. Against the spirit, and I, Andre, I know it's your spirit. Oh, also, I've Gotham have won the first Diaspora United Derby of this season. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> that did, um, yeah. Diaspora United Derby did in fact happen. That's the name. You guys are looking for rivalries. That's the name. Um, but the thing is, I saw her do the same move in that game three times, and they they fell for it every time. And it was I can't lie, it was hilarious, but also saucy and delicious. I live for sauce <laughs> on any team. Savannah Kuhlman sauced up Gotham at one point, and I said, "Ooh." <laughs> and I was like, look, I live for sauce. So yeah. Facts. The, vi- the vibes around Gotham are good. Yeah. Th- so before we move on, because we're just going to head on, uh, we're not going to do like a full breakdown, but we're going to talk about, you know, a couple of the, the Women's Champions League results because it was uh, the Women's Champions League semifinals. Leg one of the semifinals 
were this past weekend. Very weird vibes uh, for timing of these matches, but whatever. Why are they um, on the weekend? I still I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, the, and on the East Coast, the 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 Chelsea game kicked off at seven thirty a.m. I just don't. I, I don't understand doing that at all. Oh, sir, guess what time I woke up Saturday morning? <laughs> because guess what, Galazonet carries mm. them games, oh, which means yeah. I worked them games. <laughs> Do you want to know what time I woke up Saturday morning? Oh, I'm scared to ask. I woke up at 4.50 a.m. Oh, hell no. Why, why, why did they do that to you? I'm so mad on your behalf. Well, because the thing is, like, I mean, we have, like, so first, I live in Brooklyn. I work out of Stanford for the majority of it, so it takes me an hour to get there anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, even for this, we didn't have a pre-show, but if we did have a pre-show, that means we're getting there probably two hours before kickoff. <laughs> But we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a pre show because like it's early as hell. It was yeah. as early as hell. <laughs> um, and so yeah, like you know, game kicks off at what seven thirty. We still even if we don't have pre show, I have to get there an hour in advance. So that I had to pick up a coworker so and get ready in the morning. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you do that quick math, and it's like I'm waking up at four fifty a.m. Yeah, and to be fair, when I said why did they do that to you, I didn't mean CBS. I meant like UEFA. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> like, I why know did you why have a twelve thirty kickoff? It was or no twelve p.m. kickoff. It was it's a Champions League, bruh. Yeah, I I I can't understand it. I think that would be a perfect night game. That like Champions League game should be at night. I think just like the vibe is just better. All, correct. So, All Champions League games should be at night. Yeah. So I yeah, but but whatever. Anyway. Didn't mean to get into that. Meant to say, is there anything (laughs) else about the NWSL? Any news, noteworthy thing that you wanted to shout out before we moved on to the Champions League talk? No, I was going to say something and I decided, oh, no, I do just want to (laughs) mention Carolina person is a wild ride. I think everyone should experience (laughs) it. Yes. The perfect time to plug the hashtag go to games campaign. We I, I, I don't think I've said it on this podcast yet, this this NWSL season. But yeah, um, if you have an opportunity and you have the means, please get to a spirit game. Or not a spirit game, an NWSL. I mean, go to a spirit game if you want. But go to any NWSL game because the the athletes and the players, the technique, the skill, I promise you, you will see many things that will make it more than worth it. And then you'll, you may even have a hell of a good time because a lot of the games are chaotic. But just some of the players are just so damn good. And it just jumps out when you watch them live. It's kind of wild. Being able to see them in person makes it so worth it. Because what you're seeing on TV is like, if I'm being my most honest self, what you're seeing on TV is like one third of all that happens during a game. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So go yeah. to games. Yes, indeed. Um, I think my, my quick shout out was just going to be Alyssa Thompson because I just don't ever want to get... I just don't want to ever get to the point where I feel like it's normal that an 18 year old is doing this in the NWSL, like in terms of production, like obviously an end product and stuff like, you know, it's been tough with some of the way that Angel City has played, even though I think they had their best game maybe ever uh, with Julie Ertz uh, back, which we can talk about a lot more um, next week because I'm like they dominated that game against San Diego. They just didn't have mm-hmm. the conversion for it. They didn't get the goals from it. So they got to figure that part out. But they did dominate that game. I think San Diego had like a what? I think they finished they finished the game with a 0.4 XG total. And that's just kind of wild for a team that has been as solid and uh, as good goal scoring as the Wave had the Wave, pardon me, uh, has been. So like, yeah, shout out to them, but also shout out to Alyssa Thompson. She's fun to me because... She has like two settings. One, she like <laughs> floats. And so she floats around a little bit and you see her sometimes and you're like, okay, you just, she just moves different. And then sometimes she looks like she's been shot out of something. Like the direct line speed is ridiculous, but then she can also just like flutter about. And you're like, how can you do both? Normally players do one or the other, but she does both. And it makes her very difficult to mark. And I really, really like watching her uh, play. She's a very, I mean, hey, listen, listen. We are blessed. That's the player we're going to be watching doing that kind of stuff for over a decade. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, she's she's unreal. Um, yeah, I definitely want to dive more into Angel City next episode. I also want to dive more into Orlando next episode because maybe we were a little too optimistic. And by we, I mean really me. 
Um, in our season preview, look, they have all the right things on paper, but some for some reason it's not it's not working. Yeah, I'm sad about um, that. Yeah, we we should do a deeper dive. Like maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do like a couple episodes where we like take some teams and do deeper dives on them because I would love to talk about Orlando because I mean, I had three keepers already. Like there's there's some things that they're doing that I feel like you need to stabilize like your team first and mm-hmm. then you do your tweaks. Like some things are just keeping it from actually like progressing week to week. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. We promise. We'll, we'll help y'all out. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. But if you want now, us to do something like that, leave us a review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You, guys, you can always give us show ideas too. You know, hit us up. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but okay, let's move on to the Champions League real quick because we almost done and out of here with this episode. Uh, first of all, Courtney, I just need your reactions to... The Chelsea game, it was Chelsea versus Barcelona at Stamford Bridge. No Millie Bright, no Khadija Buchanan. Caroline Graham Hansen scores a banger, like, in the, what, third minute? 12. But that's the only goal of the game. Serious 12. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea loses one. I, I put I put up that meme with the, uh, the Virginia Tech coach back in the day, raising his hands when it was, like, nil-nil, 0-0 uh, zero, zero at the end of the Like, I put that up but with a one because that's how I felt. I was like, only lost by one. Hell yeah. But like, how did you feel? Like, how you how did you feel after that uh, match? And what are you kind of like? How much hope does that give you for leg two? Okay, well, first I was exhausted because woke yeah. up at four fifty in the morning and kids <laughs> can't fall asleep till about midnight. So I had a little bit less than five hours of terrible sleep because I was nervous about sleeping in and missing it. So um, I thought it should have ended one one. That disallowed goal was some bull. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, given the, yeah, like given no Millie Bright, no Kadisha Buchanan, I thought Chelsea played well. Um, I still think Jess Carter is really having one of the seasons of her career. So I want to give a shout to her because she is, she's been so good for Chelsea. So I definitely want to give um, a shout to her. I do wish Emma had her game plan a wee bit different. I wish that they like, I don't know why she hasn't really been doing this, but having like Lauren James like bomb into the box. Like, I think one thing that we love so much about Lauren James is her ability on the ball and just having her run forward. And like, like I don't care what you say. It's people, people from all leagues have been troubled by Lauren, <laughs> Lauren James. So it's like, why don't you just get her on the ball and have her just like run at folks? Like they're going to take her down. Like that's free kicks. That's potentially penalties that take her down in the box. Like, um, I was just a little bit confused by that, but I mean, I just, I do, the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous about the second leg is that they're going back to Spotify camp now, um, where, uh, shout out to <laughs> our friend Donald, <laughs> who said, it's playing at Spotify camp now right now, and it's I Need a Dollar by Ella Black, um, which <laughs> sent me through an actual tizzy in the middle of the day today, because that was extremely funny and so out of pocket, and it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, it makes me a little bit nervous that, uh, it's, it is it's good that it's only one nil but it's also going to barcelona at home and barcelona at home are unreal um hoping kadisha buchanan will be back by then um but yeah i mean honestly i thought all things considered like only having like only losing one nil is good and i i honestly thought chelsea should have scored and honestly could have went forward a little bit more and tested the keeper um I think there was one like very questionable Sam Kerr offside, which happens every single game. Um, and we saw the return of Pernilla Harder, which is delicious. So hopefully we see some more of her in the reverse fixtures. Um, and Andre, I'm going to push us through to Arsenal versus Wolfsburg. Um, Sven Dijon's Dottier masterclass, at least in the first half. Um, assist, got a goal, got an assist. It's just really, really good. Um, I was a little bit mad at the referees for not not giving out cards when players um was pulling her down. And what Raffaele got a goal, got the goal the first goal back. Um and yeah, I actually don't know how that tie is gonna finish. Like my brain says Wolfsburg, but also sometimes they're a little bit suspect. But also Wolfsburg away from home is actually they have the exact same home and away records. But there's something about Wolfsburg away from home that they, like, really pop off. And they also did not have Alex pop. So that's how I feel about the Women's Champions League. Andre, how do you feel about the Women's <laughs> Champions League? 
No, I was actually I got I got to give you know I'm I'm Chelsea through and through, but I got to give Arsenal a shout out because I did not I, I was flying, uh, so I was in the air when this game was on, and I just said that I want to see Spinda score a hundred goals, uh, and when I land, I want to see that had happened. She only scored one, which you know, ninety nine more to go. It's two legged tie. She'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I I was I thought it was <laughs> I, listen, I set the bar high. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I actually thought it was really like impressive Arsenal to get back to, two. I mean, being down two nil to Wolfsburg, especially as early as they were is a lot And the claw back and get two goals to tie that, uh, to tie the tie up. That's kind of bonkers, uh, especially with all the injuries they've had. I mean, Williamson just went down again, another knee injury, like another ACL to be specific. Yeah, so like, I was not expecting this from them and, the Emirates is going to be completely like packed and it's going to be a wild environment. So like, this is going to be interesting to see how Wolfsburg, I mean, given that it's basically all even and Arsenal will have home advantage plus the crowd. I'm thinking like Wolfsburg is going to have to have a hell of a performance in order to, to make it to the final. I kind of still expect them to do it maybe just narrowly because I think at some point the injuries matter, but you know, we'll, we'll see as far as Chelsea, I thought it was like I was shook. I think if y'all, if anybody followed my timeline, you knew I, I was shook at this match. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to like think about it. I was scared because just playing Barcelona is dangerous enough as it is, even though we've seen them be shaky at times. Like not having Millie Bright and Khadija Buchanan, it was never supposed to happen like this. Like we were never supposed to match up against Barcelona. With like Magda Erickson and Mayor Mielda as our center back partnership. That was not supposed to ever happen, but it happened. And at the end, I just was like, honestly, it could have been worse. But I think the most surprising thing was that it could have also been better. Like, I think Chelsea really should have got 1 1 from that. <laughs> yeah. That's wild to me. So, like, that's kind of a cool thing, but also, like, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn it. So, we could have, we could, we could have been. Could have been tied up going to Camp New, but I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like, I'm I'm extra shook to face them there, but you kind of have to say, like, hey, got a chance. Get a goal. Like, Things get weird. We'll see. You might as well go for it. Um, I also want to say Chelsea did set a club. I mean, it's probably unfortunately going to be broken. Um, in what like six days time. Yes. Um, but yeah. Chelsea did set a women's club football like at a home arena record. For the Champions League game in England, which is pretty cool. Um, also, I was going to agree with you about Arsenal have the advantage. However, in the because I was preparing <laughs> a whole bunch of folks at CBS, it was like all things women's Champions League. Andre, you do you remember the last time Arsenal and Wolfsburg were in a two-legged tie? This is a good fact. You don't even hear me smiling. This is a good fact. At Wolfsburg, they tied one-one. At the Emirates, Wolfsburg won 2-0. And the winner was scored by Arsenal's formerly owned Jill Roard. So will history repeat itself? I don't know, but I just think that's a... Uh, look, I love a factoid. I have so many of them floating around my noggin. Um, <laughs> and so that's just an interesting one to look at. And also, I will say, because I paid attention more to the Wolfsburg-Arsenal game, besides the fact that I wasn't deeply stressed out, um, it was also later in the day. Yes. So babes had another hour of sleep. <laughs> um, and Jill Ward almost, she almost snuck a winner in there. So it, look, both of these games are going to be really good. Um, I literally never do this. However, I am going to plug that they're both going to be on Net by my employer. So I am going to plug that. It's the only time I'm plugging literally anything. <laughs> CBS related. Appreciate the plug. Got a plug. I actually really do appreciate the fact that, that they have UWCL rights. I thought it was kind of a like a no-brainer thing. And then when the zone got it, I was like, hmm, interesting. But this is dope. Still doesn't uh, so, make sense to me, fundamentally. <laughs> yes. Thursday, April 27th, 12.45 p.m. if you are on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> kickoff for Chelsea and Barcelona. Same time, 12.45 p.m. on the East Coast, May 1st. That's Monday. Arsenal and Wolfsburg play their second leg tied up 2-2. Yeah. 
Wait. So that's going to be very interesting. Do you why is one why? on a Thursday and the other one's on a Monday? I can tell I you. No idea. Please I know the reason. Know. Please inform the people and me. I am <laughs> because... <laughs> Well, so I don't. I can't say I don't know why Chelsea is on Thursday. However, for Arsenal, it's because it's. I think it's a coronation coming up or something like that. Oh my god! That it like oh. pushed it back. So yeah, I think. Um, I think that's the reason of uh, that's like it's King, King Charles's coronation. Uh, um, it's four. yeah, like it's technically it's already started. Um, so yeah, it's supposed to be heavens. We do not support the monarchy, but we do support Meghan Markle. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora UTD POD. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.